Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched Loot. On Apple TV. Yeah. What'd you think? I really liked it. Good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Typically we don't uh, talk about the show at all uh, about uh, before we record because we want to keep it fresh. But we were IMing earlier and... You were like, I watched the show, and then I was like, I watched the show, which is typically all we talk say about the show beforehand. But this time I was like, and I kind of want to watch more of it, but I won't. And then you were like, oh, okay. And it's like, because I really liked it. And you're like, looking forward to talking to you about it. And when you said that, I was like, oh, did he hate it? How could, how could he hate this? It was so good. This is such an abusive relationship. You, you're, <laughs> you're, you're hanging on like really innocuous. Like, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. As like, oh god, does he hate it? Does he hate me? What does he? Are we gonna have to stop doing the podcast, dude? I spiral. I could tell. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell everybody what this is about? Sure. Uh, this is about uh, Schmeth Schmezos and his wife. This is, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's uh, Adam Scott and Maya Rudolph play a billionaire couple, tech guru, whatever, whatever, that have been with each other since the beginning, since the company started, and now he's worth $170 billion or whatever. Yeah, it's a... And they get divorced because she finds out that he's been cheating on her. And then it's all about her figuring out how to live as an 87 billionaire. She has $87 billion because they didn't have a prenup because they were broke when they got married. And just like, you know, learning to live, you know, it's, it's, it's how Molly, which is Maya Rudolph's character's name. It's how Molly got her groove back. Yeah. And it was really good. It was adorable. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Adam Scott's going to be in it going forward forward or if that was just a cameo i would put money on him being in it about as often because what this felt like to me and i kind of pitched it to kathy this way is this feels like the tale of hanning hannah waddington from ted lasso from her perspective as she gets divorced oh and we'll still see him but he'll be the heel like he'll come in and stir shit i i suspect yeah. he'll be at least a few few episodes stirring shit up He's going to be on TV with his new ex-wife and that's, or his new wife, this 20-year-old, whatever, and she's going to spiral as a result. Like, there's just going to be all of that shit. Yeah, for sure. I thought that the show had a really good cast. It had uh, Maya Rudolph, obviously, which is why I, going into it, was pretty sure I was going to like this, was, is because my understanding is that Maya Rudolph does not work as often as she could because she has a family that she's very dedicated to. So she, so she is choosy on what draws her away from that. Mm -hmm. And so her agreeing to be in anything, knowing that, uh, Knowing that she's got a good sense of what's good or not, I was like, oh, okay, so it's probably going to be pretty good. And so Maya Rudolph was in it, and she's very good in it. Adam Scott, I thought, did a, 
Uh, he did, I mean, he was only in a few scenes, but he did some good acting in it. Ron Funches is in it. Uh, the guy who plays the accountant, I don't know his name, but I recognize him from stuff, and I haven't seen him in a while, but when I saw him, I was like, hey, it's that guy. I'm, and, a, I'm gonna look him up, but yeah. go ahead. And then the, uh, guy who played, like, the assistant slash gay BFF, I didn't recognize him, but I thought he did a good job, and then my favorite character, I didn't recognize the actress who played, who, uh, runs the charity. So the actor that plays her BFF, uh, his name is Joel Kim Booster. He apparently co-produced and write wrote for Big Mouth. Yeah, I recognize his name. Um, and then that dude, the accountant you were talking about, his name is Nat Faxon. Ben and Kate is the show I remember him from. I never oh. watched the show, but I remember him. I watched Ben and Kate. I liked that one. And it's just his writing part. Like, maybe this is just... He also co- wrote and co-directed The Way Way Back, never heard of it, and Downhill, never heard of it, with his writing partner, Jim Rash, who is the dean from Community. Oh, so Academy Award winner, Nat Faxon, then. Has he won an Academy Award? If they're writing partners... They... I, I don't know that he's written a lot. Uh, well, nope, never mind, he did. He, he co-wrote The Descendants. The Descendants, yep. I knew, him. I knew that... The dean from Community was an Academy Award winner for, and had a writing partner for writing The Descendants. And so when he said that that was the writing partner, I was like, oh, there you go. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, Ron Funches, very good in this. Uh, yes. The introduction to the, to Nat, in fact, Arthur is that character's name, um, but they call him Mitt later on, which I think is more appropriate. All I thought was like, okay, like one dimensional, like just dork character. That's going to be on the show, but even within 45 seconds, like we're seeing him in that SUV with her and like they build even a little bit more dimension to him. Yeah. And he did a good job. Yeah. I was impressed with the character work in just the first episode of this, especially uh, Molly, my Rudolph's character is like a complex character with a lot going on where she gets divorced and then she's partying and then she's trying to find herself and then she realizes that she's the head of a charity and uh, the charity calls her in because her behavior is not looking good for the charity. And then she's like, oh, I want to be a part of this. And and her um, dealing with the head of the the charity, who is just like very intimidating and just only cares about the charity and does not give a fuck who she's talking to. She does not give a fuck that she's talking to the third richest person in the country. Which seems a little short-sighted considering that person is one that's funding this entire net, like not just your boss, but is like your entire source of income. This is a non-profit. It's not like you're, you know what I mean? Like regardless. Right. But you know, she's the one with the chutzpah to, Call her into the office and make her sit on the other side of the desk and say, "You can't and come in at nine a.m." You come in at nine. Yeah, she tries to call her in at nine a.m. and uh, Molly says, "Well, how about 11? And she says, "Nope, nine. See you then." And then hung up. <laughs> and then hung up. That type of stuff and uh, just very matter of fact. I, I liked that character just for for that. And then uh, she did. She did know her boundaries because that's when Molly says, like. No, no, I'm going to come in. And uh, she goes, ah, I, I'd really prefer you not. And Molly's like, no, I f- really feel like I'm going to. And she says, okay. And that's when Molly realizes, like, wait a minute. 
I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and calls around and is like, just just to be clear, like, there's nothing you could have done to prevent me from coming in, right? It's just like, yeah, and she goes, oh, you're just super intimidating then? Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> so one thing going into this, I thought this was going to be about Maya Rudolph being like a bard in medieval times. No. Because of lutes, the instrument? Yeah, I... Do you want to riff on that? idea of a joke that the joke doesn't land because like you can see the name of the show when you picked it and it wasn't spelled l-u-t-e well i'm real real dumb that's true you're very dumb (laughs) (laughs) if this joke is any indication what what do you have uh lots it's it's just like the ted lasso episode where it's just me writing down my favorite jokes um not a lot but one of my favorites is still, it was early on, like, after she found out that he was fucking What's-Her-Face. I don't remember her name. Which I totally called in my notes, by the way. Oh, I mean, that's the, I knew it going in. That's the whole premise of the show. Um, anyway, uh, she comes back out as he's getting ready to, like, uh, give a speech about her birthday or whatever. And she starts yelling at him. And one of the things she yells at him is, I had sex with you when you had your weird bot or... Hold on. I had sex with you when you had your weird body before you got it fixed. And now all I want to know is what was so weird about his body. Yeah. He's just like a normal looking dude. Yeah. And how is it fixable? I mean, he is wearing clothes in that scene. So maybe maybe he had a tail. Do you think he had a tail? I don't know. I was trying to imagine. Do you think he was a dragon? And that's what the loot thing is about. It's about (laughs) it's about his dragon's horn. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. He had horns like a dragon and a tail like a dragon and probably claws, maybe even scales. Maybe he was just like a... That's what I'm saying. He was just a straight up dragon. Yeah. He was a... Oh, what's the what's the race in D&D called? A dragonborn? Yeah. I thought... I was going to say dragonborn, but I was like, wait, that's Skyrim. But it is. Both. It's both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very much both. Like, yeah, it had to have been that he was a dragonborn because an actual, like, nerd talk here, a dragon could just, like, I think dragons can just make themselves look like people and... Yeah, they can probably... I wouldn't consider that fixing his body, but if he was a dragonborn, he'd probably have to fix that shit if he was gonna be a tech guru in the United States. Yeah, so do you think that he spent his money on surgeries then, or did he just buy, like, a wish scroll? Functionally, what's the difference? (laughs) I think... That the wish scroll is probably, like, easier on you physically, but those wish spells can backfire. That's what I'm saying, though. I, I mean... Monkey's may- paw. Maybe know? he no longer looks like a dragon, but he has to breathe fire, like, twice a day or something. Or else he burns up from the inside out. <laughs> I don't know. I'd take that. I'd take that deal. Like, I would no longer be a dragon. What if you have no control over when you have to do it? Like, okay, if it just well, like it's like a burp that just suddenly you're, like, belching out flame. Oh, gosh. I'd, I mean... Monkey's paw curls. He has a lot of money, so I wonder if he could just try to use some sort of technology to control that. But then, what's the point? I think I, I think with him having that, that's probably why he worked so hard to get that much money, is so that he could just buy his way out of every situation. Oh, no, I melted the windshield of this car. Time to get a new car. He wouldn't fix the windshield. He's too rich for that shit. Oh, no, I burned my assistant. Time to pay off, pay that family some blood gold and buy a new one. One trait of billionaires is that they don't just do that. I heard a podcast of a woman who was an assistant for a billionaire and was telling the story of the time that she was on the phone with uh, 
carpenter in Italy trying to get them to accept a custom-made desk, a $4,000 custom-made desk, like, returned it. She had to spend, like, a long time talking to these people to try to get it for $4,000 for a billionaire. It's it's good to have that confirmed. You're gonna keep as much money as you can. Until you've got fuck you money, which is, in my mind, $170 billion. Because I don't think that we can say anymore that Jeff Bezos is being really miserly with his money, you know, when he builds a dick spaceship and goes flying into outer space. <laughs> I, I just don't think that that holds as true anymore for him. I don't know what the threshold is for everybody as far as fuck you money, but I think everybody's got their own internal threshold for fuck you money. Yeah. Does Elon Musk do ridiculous things with his money besides go to space? <laughs> besides go to space and... Try to buy Twitter for five times or whatever it was, two to three times its actual evaluation at the time. And you're right. Gosh, what else? I don't know. But that dude, so that dude is uh, straight up just like a con man. He didn't make Tesla, you guys. He didn't make Tesla. He just bought it and then did everything he could to make sure that any trace of any of the act, like original people that made that company were scrubbed from any part of like corporate literature. So no one talks about how he didn't, he didn't make Twitter. He just made fucking PayPal or something 50 years ago. Right. He's not a scientist. He's not, he's a fucking idiot who just happens to have $80 billion. And in fairness is good at manipulating people. He's a fucking con man. Elon Musk, you're on blast. Yeah. Not allowed to listen to our podcast. What are you going to do? Buy us off? I'd like to see you try. Yeah. What? What, a billion dollars? You think that's going to get us to stop? No way. Just try it. Um, I would accept like $10,000 and just cut ties with this podcast forever. <laughs> she really learned how to use a clutch. Like I wrote that down. <laughs> I don't know why you're so surprised. <laughs> Dude, yes! No, say what you're going to say. Oh, you go was clearly more important to you. <laughs> no, it was important to me that we both had the had the thought. Have can have the glory for saying it. Sure. Um, after the uh, whole exchange in front of the party about getting a divorce or whatever, she storms off, goes to their parking lot. I get. I don't, what do you call that? That's not their garage. Their driveway. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Where they've got seven fucking really nice cars and she manages to get in one finds out it's a stick makes it very clear she doesn't know how to use a stick and yeah she does like the same stupid thing we all do when we're learning to do a stick which is not pop the clutch and just fucking grind your way through it but she's driving that car like a fucking champ five seconds later just like oh all i needed was just like all I, maybe jesus took the wheel maybe that's what it is yeah, no, dude, I had that same thought. I probably realized it a little sooner than you did, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I've only driven a clutch a handful of times. Uh, so I'd be, like, if I'd gotten one right now, I would be stalling that thing all over the place. Sure, but if you've driven it before, I think it's a bit like riding a bicycle in that I think you would pick it up rather quickly, which... If that's what was happening here, that would make more sense if she was like, gosh, how do I remember to drive a clutch again? Like, how, like I can't remember. She'd figure it out. But she just did not know. She gets into that car and then starts yelling at the fucking parking lot assistant. Like, how do I drive a clutch? I don't know. Like, and then Does screeches it. off. 
Yeah, no, I get the concept. I know how to do it. I'm just not... I have never been at the point where I can smoothly shift gears or smoothly go from, you know, stopped to to driving. Like, I've n- I never got to that point where I have those smooth transitions, so... It, I, yeah, it'd take me a while. I drove I drove the car often enough that that wasn't a problem. What always bugged me was having to stop at like a red light on a fucking hill. Those were the worst because I don't have control over how close you're going to get to me, asshat. And there's just no getting around it. I'm going to backslide a little bit when I take my foot off this brake to pop the clutch and go. It just always, I never ran into anybody, but I was always really worried. I was just going to like just crunch and oh, yeah. drive off. Uh, I really liked the seal cameo. Mm-hmm. What's Seal's deal? Does he do anything? Does he even still make he's, music? He sings at billionaires' birthday parties. That's He's in the yellow pages. <laughs> like, I see him. The only time I ever see Seal is in, like, this type of thing where he's just like, Seal's here. Like, it, it's it's just like Michael Bolton, which they reference on this show, too. I don't know that Michael Bolton still sings anymore. I think he just has enough clout for having sung as well as he did for so many years that he gets to be in comedies like this, where people make fun of the fact that they're having him to sing at their birthday party. But I never got this, the impression that Seal was a joke the way that Michael Bolton was. I've always thought that Seal is more revered as a vocalist. I don't think Seal was as schmaltzy. Yes, but also as like popular and widespread and overplayed as Michael Bolton was. That may be just my memories in my household because my mom fucking loved Michael Bolton. Um, So maybe it's just my memories of listening to Michael Bolton all the goddamn time. I thought it was a funny cameo, especially when they told him to shut up. Yeah, that was good. Uh, it was, I think she said like, oh, what, we couldn't get Michael Bolton? And Seal goes, Michael Bolton. And then she goes, shut up, Seal. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed the Sting bit. Yeah. Where she was talking about how she's going to go say hi to Sting, who was at this party that she was at. The guy was like, I don't think that's Sting. She's like, no, it's Sting. And she goes up to him. Um, I really like that you're role-playing a waiter tonight, Sting. I was lolling at the, um speech she gave at the opening of the shelter I was laughing so hard and like that type of thing where the person goes up and does like a speech and then it like um, it's bad or they don't understand you know they're out of touch yeah, yeah. Uh, out of touch and they're not self aware kind of a trope but this was like on point well, especially when one one of the women unfurls like from her gift bag that she was just given of like things every woman should have, and these are women that are waiting to enter a new women's shelter, and it's just a shirt that unfurls and says, "Is it one o'clock yet?" I really enjoyed when she was meeting uh, her cousin and you know Ron Funches and the accountant for the first time or for the first time, and they're talking about how she's a celebrity and she's the most famous cheated on person. And then Ron Funches says, Black Twitter's got your back. And the accountant says, White Facebook has your back too. You know what? That's <laughs> That sounds like I'm on white supremacy groups and I'm not. Yeah, and my, I just my, have to eventually walk away. My, my aunt does send me some stuff that is pretty troubling. This show gave me a Michael's Musing. Okay. Are you ever worried that 
you're going to get like some big acting role in a movie or something. And then they're going to be like, okay, so we're going to do like a flashback or we're going to do like a yearbook type thing. And we just need some like old pictures of you in like high school and your youth so that we can like utilize those. And then you're going to be like, oh, I don't know how to get a hold of those things. No, I don't. But I'd like to hear why you do. (laughs) Well, because I see like things like this. They had like an old shot of uh, Adam Scott and Maya Rudolph like uh, on a romantic evening. And it's obviously they take an old picture of Adam Scott and an old picture of Maya Rudolph and do some Photoshop, you know, stuff. But they need that old media in order to create those things. And so like if and when that were to happen to me... I don't know that I would have that stuff available to provide to them. Do your, do your parents not keep those pictures? I don't know. I don't know if my I should probably check with my mom. Maybe your see. parents don't love me love you as much as mine do me. You know, maybe that's what it is. Because like my mom has got just like way too many pictures. I feel like it would be too easy for them. Ah, so <laughs> the reason that you're not worried is you've got those. Uh, yeah, because I've got loving parents. Yes. <laughs> I just, also, I, I have those. I'm thinking as I'm thinking about it. I have those very pictures. Even as I'm saying, I have loving parents. My mom did just recently say, "I'm done with. I, I, I have to get all this shit out of my house and then just bring over uh, a couple months ago, just like two crates full of like just random crap that she had saved. She saved so much fucking shit, and she was just like, "Do whatever you want with it. Just don't tell me if you throw it away." Mom, I know you don't listen to the podcast anymore. I threw it all away. <laughs> Every last bit of it. <laughs> One way to get to the bottom of this. This is how much she doesn't even love me. She's not even going to answer my phone call. I I was going to do a bit at the end of the call. I was going to remain silent the whole time. And then when you were getting... Getting ready to say bye, mom. I was going to say bye, Michael's mom, like just really quickly. But I don't even get to do that. That's how she, little she cares about you. Wow. She's screening her your calls, dude. Wow. I or even worse, maybe that. she changed her number because that voicemail did not say like Michael's mom. No. Or anything. Right. Did, no. Did you really call your mom? Do you have your mom's number? <laughs> like I always answer the phone when she calls. <laughs> I'm 100% sure my dad has no pictures of me from my childhood at his house. Uh, you want to write an episode too? Um, sure. Okay. So what happened at the end of the first episode? She's working for... She was going to come back to work. She's going to... She's starting a job. It's none of these things. She just She's going to <laughs> come into this charity and do do business there now. Yeah. She's just like sitting in an office that was there for her. Yeah, and she's posted noted over the her old married name. So now she's not Molly Novak, now she's Molly Wells. Mm-hmm. So, episode two opens up, she's still in the office. It's just like a continuation of the scene, like a James Bond movie. A lot of James Bond movies do that? The one one did, didn't it? Which one? What's the one where... I don't remember the name of it. The one ends where he's like standing in a parking lot and the next one picks up with 
like he's still standing in the parking lot and somebody like drives up. Were those like the first two uh, Daniel Craig ones? Yeah, it was. A, they were Daniel Craig ones. Those, that doesn't that doesn't sound familiar. I know the scene you're talking about with the parking lot, which is the only reason I think it's the Daniel Craig ones. I know it's probably the first two. Yeah. But. Uh, so it opens up there. Yep, she's she's there, just like she's just put the post note, and then she realizes that's dumb. She could just pay somebody to like put her actual name on there. So she goes and rips it down. Right. This is the woman who, because it's pointed out to her that it's not environmentally safe or environmentally conscious that she's taking ten SUVs to a charity event and to make up for that. She just donates ten thousand dollars to Greenpeace. Yeah, she's got fuck you money. She can do whatever she wants yeah. with it. <laughs> Um, she's just going to pay somebody to like refrost this glass with her new, her, uh, maiden name on it. Do you think that's even her maiden name? Do you think she just decided that was going to be her name? And she was like looking at her checks and saw, <laughs> it's, it's like one of those scenes where somebody's trying to think of a, a name and just looking around at the room, like, uh, G- globe computer is the name of my business but she, <laughs> she just sees her checks and sees a bunch of wells. And so she's like. Well, this could be my new last name. Or it flashes back to her childhood when she's deciding it, and she's a little girl. And she looks out the window as a little girl and sees the walls, and it's always stuck with her. Yeah, that image. We we flash back to it multiple times. We have no clue why. This is why. This is this is her origin story. <laughs> and so she hires uh, somebody to do the frost glass, and that's her new love interest. It's not the account. I don't think it's ever going to be the accountant. Oh, okay. I think I think he he is like. Here's the thing. There, uh, I fully believe this has the potential to be. I don't know if it'll be as good as uh, the next Ted Lasso for a variety of reasons. Not the least of which is I get the undertone of like. Uh, how did I put it with Kathy? Because I was texting her about it. Like, just kindness. Like there was just something about that of just like people doing better. Yeah, that's inherent into Lasso as well. She is uh, Higgins, or he is Higgins, in that not not a sexual like threat at all. He's just this dude who's going to be nice and chill and cool, and we're going to like see him do better too. Yeah, this is yeah, this is Ted Lasso without Ted Lasso. Yes, it's possible. So we're, we're everybody's talking about the fact that Ted Lasso is likely going to end here with this next season because it has been their plan from the beginning for this to be a three season show but i was talking about it with kathy that i said yeah ted lasso might be done in three seasons but the fourth season's just going to be roy kent or you know whatever like they'll just keep doing it because it's making apple millions of dollars what if this show is the lead into that that's why i'm getting that similar sort of like ethos and vibe to it Oh, yeah. She's got $87 billion. She could go ahead and buy a soccer team. Well, he, Adam Scott already mentions he owns four. four. Yeah. This, we don't know that this isn't in the same universe. Dude, I like it. And then I don't know if Jason Sudeikis and Maya Rudolph overlapped in SNL. It feels like they did. A bit, yeah, a bit. I yeah, mean, I yeah. don't know how friendly they are, but they they probably have some connections. They could get some SNL alums in on this. I'd like to see Kristen Wiig. Just get just get the whole uh, just get the whole SNL gang, man. Just get them all. Get some Fred Armisen in there. Kate McKinnon's just left SNL. Maybe she left for loot. Yeah, so we got lots of options, man. So she hires a 
She hires a window froster, window froster that she's going to fall in love with, played by Kate McKinnon. Perfect. Nailed it in one. That's episode two. And not only that, we just set up the lasso verse. So I think we've done something uh, impressive for humanity here today. Yeah. Hey, Bill Lawrence, you're welcome. Yeah. The Garfield guy? No. <laughs> Bill Lawrence is the producer and creator of Ted Lasso. And uh, also like Scrubs and a bunch of other shows. I know. A okay. little joke. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a good one. <laughs> How often are they, though? Right? Am I right? Uh, got anything else? No, nothing substantive. It's just more jokes that I enjoyed. All right. I'm just going to go down real quick and see if there's anything. Okay. How old is Maya Rudolph? She's 45 in this show? Yes. She's got to be 55 in real life, right? Basically shot the middle. She's 49. 49? Yeah. All right. Was there more to that? Like, <laughs> just a question about Maya Rudolph's age? No, she just played 40. Like, they mentioned in several times in the episode that she's 45. And when she mentioned this, it's like, oh, I thought Maya Rudolph was older than that. But you were right. Yeah. By four years. Yeah, not that, not as big of a difference as I thought. Uh, I don't know why they had, why the accountant for the charity even went to the opening of the thing unless it was like a type of thing where it was like we're opening this thing and it's everybody that works here is required to go sure and i had that same thought but there were like 30 computers at that office but like four people right so did they just lose a bunch of people or they hadn't bothered to buy extras yet uh let's see here yeah that's all i got you want to wrap it up sure Thanks for listening to the Episode 1 Podcast with Michael and Eric. You can follow us on Twitter at ep- Podcast Episode 1. That's the numeral one. Or you can check out our website. It's Episode1Podcast.com. That's spelled out O-N-E. You're also probably hearing a dog clanging into the, the stool that my microphone is on. Um, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts. We're still sitting at 31, at least as of two days ago. Last but not least, big thanks to Bozdi. Thank you.